the WILK studios in Pittston, Pennsylvania. Welcome to Sharing Recovery. Straight talk on today's struggles of addiction and triumphs of recovery. Recovery is possible. Sharing Recovery is sponsored by Clearbrook Treatment Center, Serenity Lodge, and Attorney Jason Mattioli. The views expressed on this show are not necessarily those of Intercom Communications staff, management, or sponsors. We welcome your calls with questions or comments. Call 570-883-0098 or 1-800-437-0098. Here are your hosts, Suzanne Kelly and Jack Kropp. Hello and welcome to Sharing Recovery. We're happy you chose to spend some time with us this afternoon. I'm Suzanne Kelly and I'm joined by fellow host Jack Kropp, who on September 16th celebrated 19 years of recovery. Awesome, awesome, Jack. Um, we also want to take a quick moment here and welcome um, Archstone Recovery Center, who is a new sponsor of Sharing Recovery. So thank you very much, Archstone Recovery, for your generous support. Um, we plan on being on the air, sharing stories for a long time here. Now, sharing recovery is about help, hope, and healing. Uh, we believe recovery is possible, but we also know too well that silence can often equal death. Today, sharing recovery welcomes Rick B. and Sherry P. Now, both Rick and Sherry are in programs of recovery for families. Today, Rick and Sherry are going to speak candidly about the addict's effects on loved ones, the hurt, the hope, and the eventual healing. Now, this is a live show coming to you, so we encourage your calls with questions or comments. If you have a question for Jack, if you have a question for our guests, please call 570-883-0098 or 1-800-437-0098. Thank you so much and welcome. Thank you. Hello, Thank Rick. You. Hello, Thank Sherry. You. It's nice to have you here. Thanks for coming in. Today, we want to talk about how this came together. Rick, you have family members. Sherry, you have a family member. And we want to know what it was like and when you guys realized that you needed help, not, not the addicts in your lives, how that you as families needed to protect yourselves and get help for yours. So why don't one of you jump in here and tell us a little bit about how this all started for you? Um, I didn't realize that there was alcoholism going on in my life. Um, I was in a lot of denial. And finally, things just got so bad. I went for outside counseling and, um, and I was directed to go, go try to get some help. It is a family disease that you feel very isolated and very alone. Um, you don't think anybody else is feeling this way or going through what you're going through. And um, I, went, I went and got some help and realized that I never had to do this alone again. I don't have to be by myself. There are people out there who share my story. It might not be exactly the same story that I had, but we all have the same feelings and we all share this together and we get through this one day at a time. I came in very angry, very fearful, very afraid. And through the 12 steps, I have been able to recover and be okay. Sherry, what was your life like for you um, living with someone who was an addict? I was, I was crazy. I, myself, I was very volatile. One minute I could be um, happy and, and the next minute I was throwing things and screaming like a maniac. My children were afraid of me. Um, and that took a very long time to heal. That took a very, very long time to heal. I have learned coping skills. People have taught me how to cope with addiction. Addiction happened long, long time ago. I was a little girl and you know, addiction is not just after I got married. There was addiction in my family that mm -hmm. I didn't realize until many, many years later. I came here and I, I had people help me that showed me that addiction and, and what framed me came from childhood. Yes. And, and I learned how to heal. Yes. I learned how to heal. I understand. Thank you. I'm, I can relate totally to what, to what you're saying, and it's good to live a, a life of peace now. Frank, um, how about you? Sherry, you couldn't have said it better. The, the tapes that you learn as a child... Uh, growing up in an alcoholic family are the tapes that play out into your teenage years and your adult years. 
And if you don't do something to change those tapes, you're going to continue to lead, to live in chaos. What happened, my backstory is I have two daughters who, who weren't dealing with alcohol or drugs. They were dealing with food disorders. And the food disorders, from what I told, uh, I'm told, are far more difficult to deal with than alcohol or drugs because alcohol and drugs you don't need. Food you have to have every day. And so what my daughter told me, my one daughter told me, was that you have to take the lion out of the cage four times a day in order to, eat, to feed yourself, but then you have to put it back in because it's such a, a mental thing that goes on in your head. Well, I got here because... I caught my daughter in the throes of her addiction one night. I, uh, I'll, I'll go into detail. I heard the toilet flush. She was throwing up. I heard the toilet flush once, and then I, I heard it flush again. And I'm telling you, boy, that's really weird. It, it's like 11 o'clock at night, and I go downstairs, and I thought something was wrong with the toilet. And there it is. The evidence is there. And so I confronted my daughter about it. And I was just totally totally destroyed and uh so we had not a conversation but a confrontation and at that point i just i i sat on her bed with her and said i would do anything to take this addiction from you because (laughs) today it still bothers me But I saw my older daughter live through it. And my older daughter almost died three times. So I knew that I had to do something. And fortunately for myself and my wife, we found a program uh, where um, we could not live in fear, where we could live one day at a time and learn that it was that we had no control that's the problem with parents and with uh children that are addicts is that our our addiction is control of our kids and so i i learned to just let go and let god understand this is not a religious program this is a spiritual program you find you find what you need to get you to the other side and i've learned that uh my higher power does it for me on a daily basis and today i'm i'm very grateful because i have two daughters that have been sober for six and a half years so how how can life get any better well and and what we want to talk about today is the fact that the the addict the loved one and we love them they're addicts, but we love them to death. That's one one compo- component here. The other component is that we need to have a, a way to deal with our lives with the help of a program, a recovery program, so we can maneuver around. And I say we because as we sit here and speak, I'm a family member as well as an, an addict myself. And we have to have a, a program to work so we can understand our lives in relation to our children or our our husband or our father or mother, whoever that person is in our life that has an addiction, how do we deal with that for ourselves? We can't spend our whole lives trying to figure out our child, a spouse, whatever, their addiction. We have to live our life and how do we get to that point? And both of you guys are in a, a program of recovery. What is this program? What does that do? How, how does a program of recovery help you as a family member? Because there's people listening right now, I hope, that are family members that don't know where to turn. Mm-hmm. That they've never had that experience of having someone say, we have the same issues you do. We have the same problems you do, the same thoughts you do. How do we get help for that? And that's what we want to share today. Okay, and we're going to be um, learning more about families in recovery. Uh, Right now we need to take a quick break. Don't go away. We'll be right back. 
Since 1972, Clearbrook Treatment Center has been providing successful treatment for those suffering from substance abuse. Clearbrook's medical program provides round-the-clock care and treatment from a licensed and specialized medical team. Clearbrook's approach to addiction is largely based upon the proven practices of Alcoholics Anonymous. Pastoral services are available to patients seeking spiritual guidance. Call Clearbrook today at 570-260-2600. Jason Mattioli is a personal injury and criminal defense lawyer prepared to fight for you. Attorney Mattioli has an exceptional record of defending the rights of those arrested for DUI and drug offenses. He also represents victims of tractor trailer and automobile accidents, premises liability, product defects, and work-related accidents. If you or a loved one has been arrested or injured, call attorney Mattioli at 570-961-1616. Serenity Lodge is a safe, structured, supervised, sober living community for young men located in the beautiful mountains of Susquehanna County, Pennsylvania. Serenity Lodge has perfected the missing piece between addiction treatment and real life. Serenity Lodge teaches how to use the principles of recovery along with age-appropriate life skills. Call Serenity Lodge today at 570-650-8205. Hey, I'm Lady Gaga. Recently, I was lucky enough to spend the day with a class of students and talk to them about their dreams for the future. But I realized more than ever the struggle that teachers face every day to supply their students with the right tools and the right environment to pursue their passion. That's why I'm teaming up with Staples for Students. They're donating $2 million to DonorsChoose.org and Born This Way Foundation. Join us at StaplesForStudents.org. Welcome back to Sharing Recovery. Straight talk on today's struggles of addiction and triumphs of recovery. Recovery is possible. We welcome your calls with questions or comments. Call 570-883-0098 or 1-800-437-0098. Here are your hosts, Suzanne Kelly and Jack Kropp. And welcome back to Sharing Recovery. Um, Before the break, we were talking with Rick and Sherry. Um, Both families are in programs of recovery, recovery for the families. um, Because when you you have an addiction, when there is an addict in your family, it's not just the addict affected. It is everyone. It's a ripple effect, and its tentacles reach everyone. So today we're talking about families in recovery. And Jack, you you had a great question for Rick and for Sherry before we went on the break about... You know, what are the steps? What do you do? Well, where do you start? I mean, how did you guys find this this program of recovery? And what does somebody do who is sitting on their couch right now and doesn't know which way to turn? How do they find a recovery program? And how long has it been, Sherry, since you've been doing this? 20 years. Congratulations. <laughs> 20 and Rick? years. Uh, seven years. Great. Seven, seven years this month, yeah. That's wonderful. So, Sherry, that... that when did that light come on? When did somebody finally get to you and say, here, go here or go there? I, I think if I remember back, I'm, you know, it gets kind of fuzzy. Um, and back then I wasn't really thinking clearly. Um, but I would, I'm sure that it was from outside counseling who directed me to go somewhere. And I felt so bad at the time that I would have done anything because, you know, I'm thinking that this addiction is my fault. Mm. So I'm going to do anything I can so that way you can't say it's your fault that he did this. It's your fault that he's, you know. So, so, so you actually believe that the person in your life that was drinking too much, it was your fault? When you first come in, you think, what, what did I do wrong? Could I have done something differently? And do you think he recognized that, that, that you were blaming yourself? Or, or is the addict totally indifferent to what goes on around them? I'm, I'm not quite sure because I can't speak for him, but I'm thinking that he might, I, and I'm, I, I can't think what he was, what he's thinking, um, but he certainly was manipulative. <laughs> so, yeah, we're manipulating, <laughs> manipulating me to think that, um, you know, I was doing something that was making, you know, that yes, he was. Okay, I so. think he might have manipulated me into what, or, you know, people tell me something, people tell me that I did this wrong, even if I didn't, and I start to think, well, maybe I did do this wrong. How many nights did I lay in bed and say, boy, I smell alcohol, and he was supposed to be sober at the time, 
And I would lay in bed and say, boy, I smell alcohol. And I'd, I'd roll over and tell myself I was crazy. I wasn't really smelling alcohol. Okay, so that that's what goes on. I remember blaming my wife for putting the toilet paper on the roll wrong one day. And then that was a problem for me. And that that was just an excuse why I could go out and drink another four quarts of vodka that day mm -hmm. because the toilet paper was on upside down or the laundry was on the floor in the laundry room and instead of being in the washer and dryer. Uh, we have a call yeah, coming I wanna, in. I want to take call. We're starting to get some calls in, so if you can um, just hold that thought for one sure. sec. We have on the line, we have Jackie. Jackie from Harvey's Lake. Welcome to Sharing Recovery, Jackie. Sherry and Rick. Um, my name is Jackie, and I am a um, recovering alcoholic of 11 years. And my question is for the, um, the Al-Anon members. There are certain things that I need to do in my recovery to keep me healthy and to stay on the right path. I'm wondering if the Al-Anon members do the same types of things that we do in recovery. Practicing the 12 steps, going to regular meetings, having support groups, um, a sponsor. How important are these things um, for you to maintain your healthy lifestyle as an Al-Anon member? Very important. It's the same 12 steps. Um, so everything that you do, I do on a regular basis. And the more, the more I go, the more help that I ask for, the better I get. Okay. Jackie, good morning. That face rings a bell. Um, same thing. We attend the meetings. We do the readings. We have support groups. Uh, we sponsor people. And we use all the tools that are there available for us in order to keep us sane. Right? That's what we're all after is serenity. And we find that in the rooms. So that explains how then it is a family disease and, and um, that we're all practicing the same thing to try to stay on the same page. Uh, yeah, and what I've noticed, what my daughters have told me is that if it wasn't for the program that we practiced, they would not have gotten sober. They saw myself and my wife, who happens to also have been in the program for seven years, doing the next right thing. And that, that right thing was going to meetings, talking to people. And uh, when they speak, when my daughters speak, they say that program that we use got them sober because we would not tolerate their BS. We would not top, tolerate their manipulation, their attempts at control anymore. And they just, it was tough love and it worked. Thank God. One miracle yeah. at a time. Yeah. And I agree. I have two family members. Uh, one of my daughters is in recovery and, uh, you know, I definitely uh, have heard the same thing from my from my uh, my daughter and from my nephew. Um, it's just hard to give up the parenting side of it sometimes. <laughs> you know, when a sponsor steps in, it's like, don't don't I know better as a parent? And um, sometimes it's hard to set that aside, but um, it is for the betterment. And uh, so I, I try to I try to let them practice their program as I, as I practice mine. Exactly. Get out of their way. Very good, Jackie. Thank you so much Thank for you. your call. So Jackie just brought up a great point. You can't cure the addict as a family member. And the family member, I mean, the addict can't cure a family member. I can't tell my wife enough times, it's none of your business. You don't understand. Don't worry, I can handle this. That we have to work parallel programs. I have to work a program of recovery, and so does my family. And when those two par those programs work in harmony together, life changes. So talk about that now, guys. Talk about how life changed. You both participate in the program. Your family members participate in the program. How does life change then as you go forward? Um, well, I stay out. I totally stay out of his stuff and he stays out of my stuff. Um, it's really hard to focus on yourself. But, you know, we are uniquely unqualified to help our family members. So I have to depend on his support group to help him and my support group helps me. We have gone in the same direction. We, we believe in the same things. Um, we've learned to have fun in recovery. There is no, there is no substances. There's no mind altering substances involved in our life in any way, shape or form. And we have a blast and we have a good time doing it. Rick? I have learned to give my daughters the dignity and grace that a human being deserves. 
and I expect them to do the same for me. I, as you said, I cannot control another human being, although I did have expectations for my daughters, their expectations and mine were not the same. The, what their goals were were <laughs> different than why, what I, I had planned. They have their higher power that's going to take them in their direction they need to go, and I have mine. And I've learned that through the program that I practice, and it's worked. I've learned that I don't have to live my life in fear every day of what they're going to wake up and what they have to do. I need to wake up and worry about what I have to do. And as long as I'm doing the next right thing, that's what matters. Okay, now, both of you have mentioned my favorite word, fear. Yes. <laughs> fear. The, the, the addict lives in fear, and the family member lives in fear. The addict has all kinds of fear going on in their mind, and I know that for a fact fear of everything but as a family member what are some of the things you fear because they're different than what the addict fears the addict fears he doesn't have enough to, to get through the night he doesn't have enough money to get through tomorrow the, the, the addict has fear that somebody's going to find out what they're doing I understand all those what are the family member fears Sherry well talking about the fear financial insecurity fears that other people are going to find. My, my children were very young at the time. I was so fearful that you would find out that there was addiction in my life that nobody would be friends with me. My children would be ostracized. They'd have no friends. Um, fear of losing my home. Fear fear of not having friends. There was there was so much fear involved. I didn't want, you don't want anybody else to know. So you, you isolate yourself. Mm -hmm. So people don't find out. Okay. The addict, on the other hand, has fear that you're going to find out. The addict wants to keep it a secret from only you. A as an alcoholic, I wasn't afraid of walking in a bar every day and, and drinking till I fell down. I was afraid that Sylvie was going to find out that that my friends like Larry and Eric were going to find out that I couldn't that I couldn't function anymore. That's what I feared. I wasn't afraid of the fact that I was they find me on the front porch drunk. I mean that never that never entered my mind. It never entered my mind how my children perceived me. It never entered my mind how the children that were going to school with my children perceived me. Fear of losing? I had no fear of losing everything. And I did lose everything. My family lost the house I built for them. We lost the business my father-in-law had built for me. We lost everything. I never had those fears. And that's where the disconnect, I believe, comes in. That As a family member, you were over here petrified about what's going to happen, what you think might happen. The addict, on the other hand, doesn't care. They have no clue. Their fears are completely 180 degrees different than what fears as a, as a member of the community has. Rick, what, what did you <laughs> fear? Future events appearing real. Yes. We go out there and we're trying to predict what's going to occur in, in the future. And we're lucky that we can control what's right in front of us now. I have a line that I use in my program, and, and it's what is, not what if. What if takes you to fear. Um, I, I just can't say how fortunate was uh, I was to, to find this program. Um, went to a, a meeting up in Scranton and read a pamphlet. And I read that pamphlet because I was so fearful. And that pamphlet told me, you need to get involved in this program, not just you, but you and your wife, because that will save, there's a 75% chance that by you doing this, that your addict can be saved. Well, unbeknownst to me, I, I wasn't in that program to save my daughter. I was in that program to save me because I was the one who Sherry had said that she was insane and I was just as insane as a parent because look, it's addiction. I can fix this. I fixed my daughter's bicycle. I fixed her car. I fixed everything I could. But you know what? When I came to the reality that I could not fix addiction, that's when I stepped back and said, she has to do this on her own. And what really made me fearful was that it wasn't just for today. Addiction is not for today. If you're going to stay in a recovery program, it's forever. That was really, really hard to accept. I found my way. Yes. So, so bef 
before the show started, we were talking about just things in general. And Rick, we did talk about the fact that you that you've run a successful business for 36 years, and you've dealt with the issues of business all through that time. And there's it comes down to mathematics. If there's a problem, you fix it. You go through those few steps to fix any problem in business. But those problems, that, that's not the way you fix addiction. And there is no fixing their addiction. We, the family member has to fix the family member's addiction. Okay, we're going to be talking more about fixing the family member's addiction because the family, again, is involved um, with this addiction, with the healing, especially the healing. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Since 1972, Clearbrook Treatment Center has been providing successful treatment for those suffering from substance abuse. Clearbrook's medical program provides round-the-clock care and treatment from a licensed and specialized medical team. Clearbrook's approach to addiction is largely based upon the proven practices of Alcoholics Anonymous. Pastoral services are available to patients seeking spiritual guidance. Call Clearbrook today at 570-260-2600. Jason Mattioli is a personal injury and criminal defense lawyer prepared to fight for you. Attorney Mattioli has an exceptional record of defending the rights of those arrested for DUI and drug offenses. He also represents victims of tractor-trailer and automobile accidents, premises liability, product defects, and work-related accidents. If you or a loved one has been arrested or injured, call Attorney Mattioli at 570-961-1616. Serenity Lodge is a safe, structured, supervised, sober living community for young men located in the beautiful mountains of Susquehanna County, Pennsylvania. Serenity Lodge has perfected the missing piece between addiction treatment and real life. Serenity Lodge teaches how to use the principles of recovery along with age-appropriate life skills. Call Serenity Lodge today at 570-650-8205. Thousands of families affected by disasters, like the recent hurricane, urgently need support. You can help the American Red Cross provide warm meals, shelter, and hope to families when they need it most. Please donate today to Red Cross Disaster Relief to help people affected by disasters, big and small. Go to redcross.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS today. Your support is critical. We can't do it without you. This is WYLK, powered by Sherwood Chevrolet Buick GMC, online at SherwoodChevrolet.com. Welcome back to Sharing Recovery, straight talk on today's struggles of addiction and triumphs of recovery. Recovery is possible. We welcome your calls with questions or comments. Call 570-883-0098 or 1-800-437-0098. Here are your hosts, Suzanne Kelly and Jack Kropp. And welcome back to Sharing Recovery. Um, Before the break, uh, we were talking about fear. And uh, Sherry, you said something very interesting on the break. We have not yet spoken about insanity um, <laughs> because it literally um, can drive you insane. And, and it's, it's the fear. It's the control. It's wanting to help. It's understanding that you've got to release that control because that's the only way you as a family member, as a parent, as a spouse, as a close friend, as a sibling, that's the only way you can recover. So if you'd like to expand on that a little bit, Sherry. Can I interrupt? Sherry, will you share with the audience what you said to us during the break about fear? When you said you, um, when they're not home, you fear? Yeah, uh, yeah I'm, af- I'm, af- I'm, I'm afraid that he's going to die. And then he pulls into the driveway, and I, thank God he's home. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's <laughs> but it takes the fear takes us to that point that you sit and wonder and wonder and wonder where where is he? What's going on? What's she doing? Who's she with? And you get some relief, a text message saying I'm home or I'm okay, I'm here. And your first thought is then I want to kill that person. I want to kill. I'm so afraid to let go of the control because if I let go of the control, something might happen. But do you really have any control at all? No control. Such an illusion of control. There is, there's no control at all. When I finally got out of the way, 
things began began to happen. That took me a long time. So when you finally got to the point where you said he can go over there, and I hate referring to him as he, but we're anonymous here. He can go over there and do whatever he does. I've got to focus on me Mm -hmm. and that I need to recover for me. I can recover whether he gets better or not. And there are people today, family members that are in recovery, whose addict, loved one, whatever we want to call them, are still active. And let's talk about that a little bit, that as a family member, a spouse, a father, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, you can get better even if the addict doesn't. And let's talk about that, Rick. We do. We see that in the rooms where there are women or men in their 20s and their 30s and their loved one still happens to be drinking or drugging and they want a better way of life. And so they decide that I can do this. I can be happy, even though it's in one of it's in our readings. I can be happy even though the alcoholic or drug addict is still using and And, still being miserable. And we see this happen. Oh, gosh, it happens on a daily basis. All right. And now we 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 have a loved one, an addict in our life, and we think they're sober. And then we find out that's not necessarily true. I have a friend in recovery who most of the time when he shares, he says, I, I came to this program for two or three years while I was drinking. Mm. What, Sherry, what's that like? It's very difficult. I, and, and again, if I didn't have a recovery program, because I am one of those people, I lived with active addiction in my house. Um, why I was in a recovery program. I learned to focus on myself. I learned to stop the screaming. I learned to stop the ridiculing of the alcoholic. And I learned to lead by example. So everything that I might have wanted him to do that he wasn't doing at the time, I did myself. There's no guarantees. There's no guarantees that somebody's going to get sober or not get sober. But I can get better. So as I was getting better, I... Um, I just kept on leading by example. I certainly didn't want to see somebody else get better and leave me in the dust. So I made sure that I, I, I made sure that I did everything that anybody who had more experience than I had in this and to guide me along so I got better whether he was going to get better or not. I think it's um, personally for me is, is I felt guilty for trying to take care of myself that if I was not actively trying to help another individual 24-7 and I started to focus on myself, that, that I was actually being selfish, which is really twisted because I think um, it's, it's vital that you go on with your life and you, like you said, Sherry, you, you, you go by example, you know, you walk the walk, you just don't say. And I think in a recovery program, whatever recovery program you have, um, Focusing on letting go of that control so you can focus on yourself and you can take care of yourself because what good are you going to be to anyone, anyone at all, if you continue down that spiral? So it's, it's, it's quite a web, but it's, it's possible to get out of it. Tell me about who's welcome in this program of recovery that you guys have referred to. Who is there? Are, are there men? Are there women? Are there kids? Are doctors, lawyers, Indian chiefs? Everybody. Everybody is welcome. Every, if, you have, if you have been affected by the disease of addiction, you are welcome in, any, in the program, in any program. Just as addiction does not discriminate, neither do we on the other side of the family program not discriminate. And, and so you see families from all walks of life, from everywhere. There are people that need help as family members everywhere because I, I don't want people listening thinking well I don't own a business or I'm not a school teacher or I'm not a doctor or I, I don't have the money to go to one of these programs these programs are completely free, completely free. The recovery programs there's there's no charge for a recovery program and there's a thousand of them here in the Northeast on a weekly basis mm-hmm. so how does how does somebody find that Sherry where do you find this program you go on the internet Go on the internet and and look at, look it up and there's it's it's on the internet and I, I just want to say one thing about coming no matter what you do whether you're a doctor a teacher a financial person 
when you walk into these rooms, these rooms are total amenity. So nobody is going to share that you've been there. Oftentimes people are afraid to go because they think, oh, my God, I might see somebody. But they're there for the same reason that you're there. Nobody's going to break your amenity. Nobody's going to tell anybody that you have come there. Um, they keep that sacred. That is part of the principles. That's funny because over the years I've heard thousands of people say, I, I was embarrassed. I didn't want somebody mm -hmm. to see me going into a recovery meeting. And I would say the same thing. Did you mind when you were laying on the floor of the bar? <laughs> <laughs> Did you mind when the neighbors were driving by and they rolled you out of the limo and you were laying in the front lawn and the kids had a trip over you to get to the school bus? Did, did any of that bother you? Because I'm proud to say I'm in recovery today. I'm proud to say that I'm working at this on a daily basis. I mean, we started this show so we could share the fact that this is everywhere, that we can remove the stigma of addiction for the family member and for the addict. Because family members walk around. I grew up in an Irish Catholic family, and you talked about absolutely nothing. I mean, you could be laying on the floor bleeding, but you didn't say we need a doctor. No. We'll, we'll. And that's what we're trying to do here is explain to anyone who's willing to listen, who anyone wants to hear it, there is a program for recovery, and everybody can get better. You don't have to both get better, the addict and the family member. You can get better separately. But you can get better and stop worrying about what people think because addiction is everywhere. And That's such a good point, Jack. It's, it's what people think, and, and you, you get, it's the shame. Um, you might feel shame uh, and, and, or embarrassment. And, and I remember, Sherry, you saying in the beginning of the show, like you would isolate yourself. Well, you isolate yourself because you think you're a freak. You're the only one who's going through this, but then that compounds the issue because you're over here, and you see the rest of the world going on over here. And it's just totally out of proportion of reality. You know, Jack and I talk many times, everyone knows an addict. Everyone knows an addict, whether you know it or not, you know at least one addict in your life. Well, Rick, do you know anybody besides your kids? <laughs> <laughs> Those are the people I hang out with now. Right. And it's only because it, they're fun. Life does not have to involve alcohol or drugs or whatever. But um, something I wanted to say was, this has changed my life so vastly, along with my wife, that it saved our marriage because we never communicated. Never, never communicated. And when I say at a meeting how grateful I am that my daughters were addicts, it's like, what? And, and I followed that up with, yeah, because through their program and my program, it changed my life. It changed my life. I have become a better person because of the program that I'm in. And it's because they became addicts. And that's something we talked about before the show started also. The relationship I have with my wife now is much better today than it was 20 years ago. Today we have a genuine relationship that's caring and loving. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, we had two separate lives. Sylvia had a life with the kids, and she took care of all of that, and I did what I wanted to do and didn't care. But I didn't do that with malice of forethought. I didn't do that intentionally. I didn't set out to hurt anyone, but I did hurt all those people. But today, this recovery has brought us together as a family. And then, so after 15 or 18 years of my being in recovery program, we find out we have a child that now needs that same help. And that brought us even tighter. It brought us closer as a group. Now we're gonna, now I've gotta play on, on two teams. You know, I gotta play on the family member team and I still have to play on the addiction side. I like the addiction side better, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Just so we keep that straight. Yeah. I mean, oh, great. You know, <laughs> those meetings you guys do too, they scare us the addicts. So. <laughs> but that, that's where we're at, that families get better, they heal. Mentally, physically, emotionally, they heal when they can participate in a program of recovery. And, and that's, uh, that's where we're at today. And after this break, we're going to talk about what life is like clean and sober from both sides. We'll be right back. Since 1972, Clearbrook Treatment Center has been providing successful treatment for those suffering from substance abuse. 
Clearbrook's medical program provides round-the-clock care and treatment from a licensed and specialized medical team. Clearbrook's approach to addiction is largely based upon the proven practices of Alcoholics Anonymous. Pastoral services are available to patients seeking spiritual guidance. Call Clearbrook today at 570-260-2600. Jason Mattioli is a personal injury and criminal defense lawyer prepared to fight for you. Attorney Mattioli has an exceptional record of defending the rights of those arrested for DUI and drug offenses. He also represents victims of tractor trailer and automobile accidents, premises liability, product defects, and work-related accidents. If you or a loved one has been arrested or injured, call attorney Mattioli at 570-961-1611. Serenity Lodge is a safe, structured, supervised, sober living community for young men located in the beautiful mountains of Susquehanna County, Pennsylvania. Serenity Lodge has perfected the missing piece between addiction treatment and real life. Serenity Lodge teaches how to use the principles of recovery along with age-appropriate life skills. Call Serenity Lodge today at 570-650-8205. Health and Human Services Secretary Tom Price says he will pay back about $52,000 for his use of a private jet. It's just a fraction of the total cost. The big question is, will Trump fire him? PSSA test scores across Northeast Pennsylvania have overall taken a turn for the worse. The scores run the gamut from pretty good to, can that be right? The rest of the state took an upward turn, so what happened here is the $64,000 question. Our Cool Cash Contest kicks off Monday. Have a great weekend. The Morning News with Webster and Nancy. Mornings from 6 to 9 on WYOK. Welcome back to Sharing Recovery. Straight talk on today's struggles of addiction and triumphs of recovery. Recovery is possible. We welcome your calls with questions or comments. Call 570-883-0098 or 1-800-437-0098. Here are your hosts, Suzanne Kelly and Jack Kropp. And welcome back to Sharing Recovery. We have a few minutes left. So, yes, if you do want to speak to our guests today, we are talking about families in recovery. You can call us at 570-883-0098 or 1-800-437-0098. And we were talking about life during and after recovery. So you're in this program. Uh, You've learned how to get your life back. And what is life like for you today, Sherry? My life is wonderful today. Uh, You know, I have, we we both live in a recovering household. I have two children um, who who don't come to a recovery program, but have very much been brought up in a household of recovery. And you can see it in them, the calmness and the serenity that we have, the things that we get to do together. My husband and I actually like each other, which is amazing. Um, We're going to be married for 37 years this month in like four days. And that wouldn't happen if if it was not for this recovery program, because we hated each other. We couldn't talk. I, you know, I was, I didn't, I couldn't stand the way that he chewed the food or he put on his pants or the way that he walked. And it wasn't about the way that he was chewing his food or anything, any of those actions that he was doing. Those things are, you know, that that's all about addiction. I can't even, the miracles that have happened in our life as a result of recovery and a result of practicing the 12-step program and having alcoholism enter my life have changed my life all for the better. So anybody who wants to, anybody who's having problems, I really suggest you go look for help and wait till the miracles happen for you because I didn't think they'd happen for me. And I have a, a, a family of origin that I didn't talk to for about 17 years. And um, I now talk to everybody in my family. And I used to listen to people tell the stories about how their families recovered. And they, they talked to their siblings again and, and made amends. And I didn't think that would ever happen for me. It doesn't necessarily have to take that many years. For me, it did. But I have relationships with everybody in my family today because I've learned to let them live. And I let them be. And I let them be who they are. And I can have a relationship with them. And I'm very grateful for that. Wonderful. Sherry, and being from the the addiction side, being the alcoholic in the room, I would just like to ask you one question. This person you referred to in your life that that was the addict in your life, how long has he been sober? 17 years. God bless him. I mean, that's just wonderful. And 
And what I hear you saying and what I feel and what I hope my family feels today is gratitude. I, I mean, I'm 100% grateful to be an alcoholic. I am 100% grateful for the program that I participate in on a daily basis because it has changed my life. Rick, what's life like today? Is there any fun afterwards, like when you get into this program <laughs> recovery or did it... Or do you just sit in the corner at home and read books? Life's all about acceptance anymore. As I was saying to Susan, I don't, uh, I don't judge people anymore. Life has become unconditional love. I'm a big hugger. When I see somebody that I know, I'm, my arms are wrapped around them because I did not have that when I was growing up. I had a family that was very distant. And I have found that how meaningful life can be by belonging to this recovery program. Um, our family today, I never, uh, our daughter works for us, never thought that I would have the relationship with her that I would have. My wife works with my daughter every day. They're like best buds. And uh, it, uh, as you said, gratitude. Every day, it's gratitude. Wake up, put my feet on the floor, where's my gratitude? And uh, all I can say is thanks. Well, and that's, that's something you said about your, the relationship you have with your daughter today. I did celebrate 19 years on Monday this past week. And in the program I'm in, we, we, get, we have a celebration night and we get a coin. My daughter gave me that coin. Mm -hmm. And um, my daughter, when she expressed how she feels about me and my recovery, said that today I'm her best friend. Mm -hmm. And... It is no, uh, there are no secrets here to me. My story is going to come out over the next 13 weeks. I spent some time in prison. And when I was in prison, I would call home. My youngest daughter wouldn't even speak to me. And today, she's my best friend. And that all evolved as a result of working a recovery program. And, yeah, so I'm full of gratitude every day of the week. Now, today, I have true friends. When I was in a bar... I had friends as long as the money lasted. If I had the $300 worth of money, I had $300 worth of friends. Mm -hmm. Do you have any friends in this program, Sherry? Oh, I have an enormous amount of friends <laughs> in this program. And is there life with those friends? I mean, I'm, what I want to, the message I'm trying to convey to people is that you don't come here and it's, it, it's like a, a cult of some kind. It's a life. And you develop a life with the other people in recovery. And you can have a wonderful pro. It's not just about well, we have to do this, this, and this. There's life. Like there's a lifestyle, and and, right. and 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 we we have we have lot we have lots of friends, and we do lots of other things. It's not. It might be with recovery people, but we're doing it's recovery based, maybe. But well, not even recovery. We're we're going kayaking together, Rick and I, and our families. Or we're going kayaking together, and we you know we're going out to dinner, and we're doing. We're doing other things outside. We have a life. It's it's very exciting, and we have a great time doing it. And what's important to to also, and I think you would both agree, um, is that it doesn't mean everything is rainbows and happy all the time. But you now have a set of skills to work with and work through. Because life is full of challenges too. It's not a picnic every day. And the thing about the program is that. All right, I've learned it, I've been in it a long time, and I've learned how to deal with addicts. But I've also taken that program and put it out in the real world and dealt with those people out there and learned how to deal with my employees on a much better basis because anger is not the first thing that shows up anymore. There's a buffer that I've built. Instead of opening, opening my mouth, I know, wait, this is a human being you're talking to. Let's rethink what you're about to say and come back later and discuss it. And Rick, when you say anger and the way you deal with people, fear, we come right back, we make a, a, a complete circle and come back to fear because prior to having a, a program, everything was about fear. And fear comes out as anger, a frustration, and hurt. But when you, can, when you can work on your fear with this program, all of a sudden everything gets a little bit easier to deal with and accept. You know, acceptance is a big word in our world. You know, we have to accept life. We have to accept that even in recovery, the, our family member might not always do everything we want them to do. It might not go exactly according to that script that we have in our minds. But today we can accept that it's not going to be that way. I, I say every day, God's got a plan.
He doesn't tell me the plan in advance. And when I ask him to alter the plan, he doesn't just jump up and change <laughs> things because Jack said this. But I do know that as a result of this program, and Sherry touched on it, it, it took me a long time. I was sober eight years before I surrendered. And when I say sober, I didn't drink for eight years, but I hadn't really surrendered to a program of recovery. Maybe I could have changed things. Maybe things would have been different. But I don't care because that's how I got to where I'm at now, by going through it just the way I did. So today I'm very happy. And today I accept what goes on on my side, my daughter's side, my wife's side. We accept each other. And, and that is a result of this program and accepting a higher power. And Jack, could I ask you a question, please? Maybe. Maybe. Um, I'm going to do it anyway. No, <laughs> <laughs> Surrender doesn't necessarily mean weakness. Surrender doesn't mean weakness or like. I, just because I accept something, it doesn't mean I like it. And it's not that I'm, I'm weak when I surrender. It means I've accepted. I accepted that I can't control every single aspect of anyone's life. I can't control every aspect of my life. So, no, it's not weak. This, this program, in fact, gave me strength and it gave me courage, just as it does a family member. The family members earn and, and develop a courage, a strength, based on letting go, based on accepting. And, and I, I talk about that a lot through the years, that I don't have to like everything that happens. I don't have to like everything my daughter does. She doesn't have to like everything I do. Sherry doesn't have to like everything that Mark does or doesn't do, but we accept those things today. And the same thing with Rick and his children and his wife, acceptance, acceptance and love. I mean, put the fear in the drawer if you can for just now, just today, and wake up tomorrow and start over again because this is a daily reprieve. We have to do this. Rick has said it many times. Today. We have to do this every day. You don't do it for one day and then life is better and we get Cadillacs and caviar and, and you know, everybody's peachy. Every life is going to have challenges. And we now have the tools. As an addict, as a family member, we have tools to deal with those challenges. So, Sherry, tell me more. What are your closing thoughts? Because we're just about out of time. and. Well, my closing, I would, I think I'd just say that we don't have to be alone anymore. We don't have to do this alone. There's a safe place to go. There's a safe place to be. And there's help out there for the addict and the family member, but especially the family member. I wouldn't focus on the addict. Focus on ourselves and get help for the family member because that's what we're here about today. Rick? The hardest thing is to make that first step through the door. When you get through the door, you're going to see open arms and open hearts. And we're all about acceptance and, like I said, unconditional love and non-judgment. Rick, how, how long did you struggle with your family before you came to a program? You mean my, my mother and father and way back then for 56 years, but no, with my child? I went to a, an, a meeting the day after I found out what happened. I, my wife had been going to program for my stepdaughter for a long time, and I was in so much pain and anger and fear that I needed to get out of it. And the only relief I found was in the program. And you found relief almost instantly. In, I, found, I found laughter where I never thought I could find laughter. I found welcomeness. I found open arms. It was, it was a little salvation at a time for that hour. And those hours, the program says that you're supposed to do 90 meetings in 90 days. We did 90 meetings in 30 days. Wow. And that's because we were fortunate enough to be able to do it, but it gave us relief. And then we found people like Sherry, and we found people like Mary, and we found people like Trish, and we found all these people who wanted to help. Come, we are there for you to help with open arms. Right. And, and that's... That was the whole point of today's show, in my mind, was to spread this message of hope and love, and we're here to help. We want to help everyone. We're here to help. And that is uh, today's show. Thank you so much for listening. We want to thank Clearbrook Treatment Center.